0: This is the Tiger Kickoff Podcast, with your hosts, Emily Liker, Callum McAndrew, and Wilson Moore.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Tiger Kickoff Podcast, with your hosts, the Columbia, Missourian, MU Football Beat. I feel like I've already messed something up. My name is Emily Liker. I think you nailed it. (laughs) Thanks. I think
2: you got that. I'm Callum. (laughs)
3: Uh, I'm Wilson Moore, yeah. I, I didn't see anything wrong with the introduction. Maybe we're all just sleepwalking at this point, because it's been a very long season, but...
1: It has. We are, we are approaching the end, though, so... We're so close. Anyway, this is week 12 of the football season. Yep. Episode 10 of this podcast, we incorrectly said that last week was episode 10. That was episode 9. This is
3: episode 10. N- numbers are a human construct construct it's all it's all arbitrary
1: that's true we should have used that any of the times that the stat sheet was incorrect <laughs> wow, and then we yeah. got accused of being the wrong ones anyway because you played a football game last week was at home football they won the football game the conference game what do we have to say against the tigers versus the Cox?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't know uh, if i'm allowed to say that on the podcast I, but I,
2: I if anyone vetoes it i veto them that's <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Cam. (laughs) Um, I I think we saw uh, the most complete game Mizzou has played this season. I think that was, you know, I guess it feels weird to say their best because they had some games they dominated, but those were, you know, Central Michigan, North Texas, SEMO. This was, I think this was their most, like, satisfying win, you know, against a conference opponent. Not a great one. But still, a team that has won some games that beat Florida last week. And Mizzou came in and just played very well on every side of the ball. The defense played well. The offense was solid. Tyler Beatty was great again. The special teams was, as we have come to expect, just a really good all-around win for Missouri. And uh, sets them up well going these pretty crucial last two games.
1: It was the closest game they've played all season, too, right?
2: That oh. seems
1: bizarre. Yeah, Yeah. I mean... Just because of how that...
2: Like, how, like, the... Where it was set up with 10 minutes to go. Yeah. uh, That just doesn't feel right. I know it is, but it just doesn't have... Something about that feels off.
3: And I guess closest in terms of score, I don't know if you're looking at a, you know... If you could make the case that that was closer than Boston College, but...
1: Boston College was close in the sense that it came down to the wire, but I think some of it was lucky, whereas... South Carolina like you were saying the Mizzou played a complete game like they they were clearly in that game the whole time and it wasn't just like oh here are some good moments it was like pretty consistent i mean granted they did also have some good moments another score on D moment for Trajan Jeffcoat and then interceptions galore in that game so many interceptions very many i don't know was, the defense was good. I think they this is the first time we've right. ever said that on the pod. I
2: think they did everything right. There was only one person who did things wrong, and it was the guy that started at quarterback.
1: Well, yeah, that's on the other of side of the yeah.
3: ball.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. That's, uh, that, that felt
3: like <laughs> a re- that felt like a segue. Right no, 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 no.
2: <laughs> we should compliment okay, the defense okay, yeah, for a little bit longer. Defense, they does, yeah. we, they have been getting slammed this season. They have rightfully so.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But they were great. They, they yeah, they played very well. The run defense that they.
3: Stop the run, which I felt like part of that was South Carolina's scheme. It felt weird to me. South Carolina didn't run the ball mm. as much as other teams have, but Mizzou played well, and it didn't feel like Georgia, where Mizzou was just like stacking the box and
0: mm-hmm. you know
3: selling out everything to stop the run. They the secondary also played well. Chris Abrams drain almost had two picks. Martez Manuel I think had his best game of the season.
1: Yeah, no, Chris Abrams Strain played really well. I mean, like. He's been probably the most consistent, maybe besides JC. JC's been. I feel like JC has like good games, yeah. and then we don't hear from him for like multiple games. Like he didn't really do anything.
2: Gets bounced a lot as well. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he's he's like KAD. He's a very he's very good in coverage. He's a ball hawk, and in the right moments, he can lay dudes out. Mm-hmm. But he is also he's had quite a few missed tackles mm-hmm. this year, which isn't entirely fair to him because so much the run defense has been so bad all year, he's been put in a position more than most where he has to make that, you know, tackle as the right. last guy back. And he has done it, but when he doesn't do it, it's very amplified.
2: There's there's one that, like, sticks out. Was it Lou Nichols at uh, Boston College that just trucked him? Like, very Oh yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, d- yeah Down, like, inside the yeah.
3: five, yeah, just bounced <laughs> off yeah. of him. And, yeah. And against Tennessee, he had one of those where on, like, a 50-yard run, he was the last man back yeah. and couldn't make the tackle.
2: And then, like, you've got K.A.D. as well. Like, Wilkes brings him up every single oh, yeah. week. He, he did so again this week. Yeah. Um, K-
3: K.A.D. and Isaiah McGuire, the two Wilkes brings up every week in this presser, just uh, as terms of guys just bringing it consistently. And I think we've seen that. They've been Missouri's two best defensive players, and I don't think it's that close this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say Isaiah McGuire was great last Saturday. We haven't haven't even talked about him. He was six total tackles, two tackle for losses for 17 yards, a sack for 13 yards, and then he had the forced fumble and fumble recovery. Yeah, and two QB hits in addition to the sack. So I mean, he was he was phenomenal. He was a pretty good talker afterwards too. It's always nice for us when the player who has a big game is also good at talking. (laughs) Like, is it not?
2: I love listening to Isaac Maguire. He's he's a very he's
3: very thoughtful whenever yep. he's up on the podium.
1: Callum, you hinted at it.
2: Uh, wait, no, no. Can we just talk about Al Davis a little bit?
1: Oh yeah, he was go a, ahead. He's a, a
2: like a big part of discussion. Like at least at oh, yeah. Some of the midweek media availability this week. Um, how much do you think like that this sort of defensive renaissance is due to him coming in? It seems like there's been a little bit more of individual attention play, paid to. To players, um, getting them in the film room a little bit more, from what we've heard, do you think he's, you know, deserves yeah, the credit I mean, for playing you know, this around? It's
3: round? interesting because it it felt like Jethro Franklin got kind of scapegoated mm. that mm-hmm. um, that a ch- someone had to go, and it was it ended up being Jethro. But yeah, by all accounts, Al Davis has done a great job with that group and that in that room. I think part of it is um, just the defense kind of gelled a little bit more. You know, I know Wilk's talking about we're not doing anything differently. This is the same scheme, same everything. I think guys are more comfortable. But yeah, I'm sure Al Davis has something to do with that.
2: That was the other thing I was thinking about, about the, the scheme. Was it just a case that it maybe needed a little bit of time? You know, it, it was such a massive overhaul from what they've they, they've done in the past, at least what these players have been doing for the, the, the first few seasons of their college career. Was it just a case that they needed a little bit of time to bed it in?
1: Yeah, but also, like, they have some pretty experienced players in that defensive group still. Like, even if they're guys that were new to Mizzou or have only, like, Caleb Evans has only been here for a year, but he's he's a senior. Like, there's a lot of older guys, guys who have been in football longer at the collegiate level on this team, and you'd think that they would be able to pick that up a little faster. Like, it if it was a young defense and you're bringing in a guy who's coached, like, full-grown adult men, then I would maybe... right. And, like, of course, it's always, there's always a learning curve. There's a learning curve for everything. So, like, it's fair to say that it might have taken them a little longer, but I don't think it should have taken as long as it it did, if that makes sense.
2: Is Wokes' seat still hot?
3: It's definitely definitely cooled off from where it was last couple.
1: If he's, like, sitting in the passenger seat of Eli Drinkwitz's car, which he probably does often, Drinkwitz has, like, the seat warmer on, like, one.
2: Okay.
1: It was on, like, three
2: earlier this season,
1: I think. That's a fair analogy. Yeah. A good oh, one, it's okay. Yeah. seat it's warmers, like, yeah. It's just his butt's a little warm. Yeah. But it's not yeah. hot. His my pants my, my mind
3: went elsewhere. I had more like mob movie imagery when you talked about him sitting in Drinkwitz's car. Oh. Like.
2: Oh.
1: Like drink is gonna pull like a gun and like shoot him or something. Le-
3: leave, leave the gun. Take the cannoli. I don't know.
1: <laughs> so yeah, what you hinted at.
2: Oh. That's the good. quarterback
1: situation. Not
2: good. Not good, Emily.
1: Was not good. Um, Connor Bazelock, 15 completions, only 180 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and he was sacked once.
2: Were either of those interceptions good defense?
1: No. (laughs) Absolutely not. And we had that conversation on the way home yesterday. It was... that The second one in particular was so mind-bogglingly bad like this this guy has been playing starting quarterback all season and that's the decision he chose to make like was his brain fuzzy did the previous I, hit like shake him up or something like what
2: i had images of that scene in spongebob where there's like lots of miniature SpongeBobs <laughs> running around and his brain's on fire that was that was kind of the image i had just on that that play
1: yeah and he's he's up to 10 10 interceptions i it might be eight Nope, 10. How did I miscount that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, 10. I was right. 10 interceptions this season.
2: How many touchdown passes? Okay. Actually, no, let's not count the first three game.
1: In SEC play, he has seven passing touchdowns. Ah. And total, he has 15.
2: Oh, yeah. just distressed noises.
1: And so, I mean... I tweeted it at the beginning of the game because early on we were getting all the tweets that Mizzou Twitter puts out into the universe every Saturday of start Tyler Makin, put pull Tyler Macon off sure. the bench and put him in the game. Brady Cook should be playing. Actually, not that many people tweet that, but I think that's the more likely scenario I think it's getting heading more common. forward. Um, and I tweeted, I was like, look, Drinkwits has never... Never batted an eye at Bazelak's interceptions. Like he might be slightly disappointed, but he always comes back and he's like, "Bazelak's our guy. Bazelak's our guy." The way the the him pulling Bazelak, I think I think like there was just like a collective knowing in the press box that 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 had shifted. Like Absolutely. it was so, it was a big moment.
2: Yeah, there was there was like a collective panic there as well, <laughs> yeah. much like the interception that preceded it. <laughs> I think everyone saw Brady Cook coming on and had the same thought, and I don't think I can say what that thought is.
1: Why, you can say what it is. Oh. Yeah. Actually, yeah, maybe you shouldn't yeah. say what it
2: is. See, I caught yeah. myself this that's time. That's
1: good. It's also just like, Drinkwitz. Obviously, Bazelak is injured, quote-unquote. Yep. Hit His leg is injured. I heard that's what he said in the, yeah. in the because that, press because that, that would
3: mean... That would be... If teams knew what part of his leg it was, they could target that. Apparently, they can't this way.
1: Yeah. Um, but he wouldn't have played that whole game, and then all of a sudden been too injured to keep playing after an interception like if if it had been an injury problem, drinkwitz would have just pulled him out on a random play. the fact that it followed that interception it it was drinkwitz's confidence in Bazelak. it's
3: it, it's hard to imagine i I understand the idea behind it that basac's um you know lower body in injury. They want someone who can run and that and that was Cook, but with that said, it's hard to imagine Bazelak would have gotten pulled if he was having some great game sitting back in the pocket right. and picking apart the defense.
1: Also, we talked about this yesterday. Dan Mullen had a, a phenomenal quote. Uh-oh. A 1950s type description yeah. of what Connor Bazelak brings his My team. My boy's
2: got some maxi. <laughs> That's what he's got. <laughs> this,
1: this comes from the <laughs> <laughs> SEC teleconference yesterday. (laughs) Dan Mullen said that Connor Basilak brings some leadership qualities, toughness, and moxie to their team.
2: He's a real scallywagon, is what I (laughs) say.
1: Which I think someone else, I can't find it now, but I'm pretty sure one of the like anonymous Mizzou accounts afterwards was like, This means that he desperately wants Connor Basilak (laughs) to start. That's exactly what he wants. It's like. Yeah, all opposing coaches give, like, empty compliments to important players on the other team. Like, Drinkwitz yeah. does it every week. He'll list off, like, eight players on the other team, sometimes not even correctly identifying them or just calling them that boy on the line or stuff like that. But this, something about this is, like, not malicious, but it, there's intent behind it.
2: Is, it, is the king... Of empty compliments, Connor Bazalak. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, what what do you guys? Who do you guys think? You know, let's make this twofold: who who will start against Florida, and who should start against Florida? Oh my goodness! <sighs> See, um.
1: I I was of the camp that I thought there was a strong cam- or a strong chance Brady Cook would start, but then you said based off media availability last night that Connor Bazalak is likely the starting quarterback, and I trust your judgment, Wilson. So I think that Connor Bazelak will start. I don't know. I think it... I hesitate to say it should be Cook. I think they should be splitting time. I don't, like, I don't know. I don't think one of them should be playing the whole game. I think they should be splitting time. So, like, if they're going to split time, then it doesn't matter, I guess, who starts. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little yeah. in between.
2: I wanted it to be Brady Cook until he wore the Patrick Holmes jersey oh. into the I thought conference. that was a
1: Taylor Swift-style Easter oh. egg, that he was going to be the starting quarterback. Wow. <laughs> I don't well,
2: know. that would have been cool. Wouldn't
1: that be so fun? That would be
2: cool. But, like, I, I don't know. Was that, like... I wasn't there. I was not at this press conference. Was that like an attempt at a power play? What was going on? Oh, uh,
3: he he said he was just feeling the jersey today. That was oh, oh,
2: that was that was like that was. his That's bid. very like...
3: he, he said it felt like a jersey type of day.
2: That was his bid for the World Cup. I think it will be Basilac, and I, I kind of want it to be Bazalak. I think it, now at this point it would be interesting if he came out and like give him fifteen minutes. Let's see what he's got. Okay, right. I cool.
1: I think that Bazalak's confidence in himself is starting to waver a little bit and he does not seem like the type of person where negative like criticism fuels him i think it just brings him down and so i think that him being pulled and Drinkwitz all of a sudden not no longer saying that basilak is his man afterwards? it's is in it's gonna be in his head a little bit. And I think we see interceptions early from him, and I would not be surprised if he gets pulled before the second quarter.
3: I don't know. I just I feel like if there's one consistent thread we've heard from others on Basilac this year, whether it be from Case Cook, Kiki, whatever, it's oh he doesn't let, he doesn't get in his own head. you know, he when something bad happens, he shakes it off and moves on. He doesn't let that kind of stuff eat eat him up.
1: But don't you like have to say that about your starting quarterback? You know. I
2: guess, but uh, like an unwritten rule.
1: Yeah. Like they're not going around insulting each other. Yeah. Like
3: No, but they also don't have to say that like that's Connor true. lets everything get into his <laughs> head, man. Like
2: he is never not searching his own name on Twitter. <laughs> is that
3: like an impression of no, the opposite that was, of yeah, that's uh, that would yeah, be the opposite. Yeah. Yes, of, Like
2: uh, the, the the unspoken rule of college football, which is just lie. I, don't know.
3: I I think Basilak will start on Saturday. I don't know if I think Cook should start or if I just want to see him start because I'm curious what he can do with a full game, and I think it'd be a fascinating wrinkle to this weird season. If with two games left, he kind of took over the starting reins.
1: What was it about? The, was it just like was it specific things they said like what was it about the press conference that made you think that basilak was starting
3: uh someone asked um it it's been so long since it was like undisputed your team is any is anything different for you he said no hmm. um someone else asked uh, someone in the back tv person asked uh what's it like preparing when you don't know who the starters are going to be and he didn't I, I assume the question was referring to starting quarterback and he said, oh, well, I know who the, you know, the you got the receivers and tight ends. I know who's going to be like out there to start the game. You know, mm-hmm. it seemed to imply he would start. I, I just everything about the vibe and his answers made it seem that he is still the guy.
1: Do we think he's going to be on the injury report today? No. Because, well, <laughs> but... But drinkwoods had that comment on Saturday where that he was, was literally yeah. like I'm going to pu- I'm going to put him on the injury report again. I like doing that when he's at questionable. You guys don't know. It was an- another one of those really nice uh rude comments towards us like where he's like I like making you suffer by not knowing who the quarterback's going to be.
2: I kind of like that he likes making us suffer. Like that's
1: good for you. I just, what does he think he's getting out of it? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, don't know. Like, I think he'll be on there again. Yeah. I think they're going to milk it for all that it's worth putting him on there.
2: At, at that point, just put everyone questionable. Yeah. Like, Yeah. Well, we,
1: the whole roster be, is questionable, be actually. One of those
2: people that's like, well, we never truly know what's going to happen to people, so.
1: There's no depth chart. You have to prove what you do at practice. Instead, they mm. should just start releasing the injury report on Tuesdays, and it should just say everyone is questionable.
2: They should start... Doing that, and then on Thursday, doing a one zero report.
1: Oh, one. Who went one and zero in the past two days? That'd be good. That'd, That'd be, be fun. Good,
2: yeah.
1: I don't know. To wrap up our conversation about quarterbacks before we go into previewing what is sure to be a very exciting game oh this weekend. Goodness. Let's go. To all the people on Twitter, I hope you understood us when we did not bring up Tyler Macon in the starting quarterback conversation. He is not getting considered for this right now, and. I just think everyone should remember that we have not seen enough of him on the field and what we have seen is not convincing enough evidence for him to all of a sudden be leading an SEC program as a true freshman. Thank you. And scene. Let's oh. preview the Missouri Florida game.
2: <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Dan Mullen. I'm just going to I'm just going to shout his name until someone says something about him.
1: He's coming to town. He's coming to town. It's like What's the probability there's another brawl?
3: <laughs> I would say low as much as I would like to see one.
2: Yeah, I, I would want to say high because everyone's tensions are kind of kind of on the edge. Of, you know, both looking yeah. for a bowl game. Dan Mullen is so close,
1: so, so, so see, close like, to losing his job. I don't feel like there's tension on Missouri's side. But then again, I don't know. I feel like there's some players who like to tussle on Missouri's side. Mm-hmm. So, ugh. Uh,
2: so are there as many tusslers... Anymore. Do I don't we know. We
3: were, we were talking about this last night. It was kind of a weird conversation, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, Chad Bailey's still there. Mm-hmm. He was very much involved in that fight last year. Trey Williams and Markel Lutzi are not. They were also very involved. Dan Mullen is. Huge. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> the entire thing.
2: Super involved.
1: Do we think that Drinkwitz? Is going because I, I would be curious if Drinkwitz mocks Mullen in any way and that incites terror. <laughs> I, don't,
3: I don't think it's gonna happen. I College football coaches love, love, love downplaying things, yeah. and I don't think, and frankly, I don't think anyone on either side wants a fight again. And mm.
1: yeah, no, they definitely don't. And we'll talk about that when we talk about my TK story a little bit later. But um, one thing. Drinkwoods has been saying since like July. Did he say this at SEC media days where he was like, I really hope it snows snow. in, no- in November when the Gators come. Yeah. It's not going to snow, but it's going to be, I think I looked this morning, the lowest is, Saturday is a low of 38 and a high of 59, but that's still like 20 degrees colder, at least than it is in Florida right now. So like, do you think the weather is going to have an impact on the game, even though it's not like rain or snow or like something that traditionally would like? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. But he did say that they had been like talking to the team about how cold it was gonna be, which felt a little odd to me and it was like unprompted as well. Like I think it was in his I think it was in his opening statement. It wasn't like someone asked about the weather. So that was a little strange.
3: I think we're gonna see a lot of uh running the ball. Oh yeah. I, these are two not good rush defenses. Hmm. And two good rushing offenses, so I think we're gonna see a fairly fast game. You know, clock's gonna keep moving. I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler Beatty. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if both teams give up over two hundred yards.
2: Mm. Yeah, Florida have got something that's been a little bit uh, a little bit of a problem for Missouri. Running quarterback. That's the one. Mm. That's yeah, the it's one because Missouri
1: cause... doesn't have one to practice against. Yeah.
2: Oh. Oh. Oh.
3: <laughs>
1: oh. Unless they're Tyler Macon out it's there, good. and then John he Makin. can run. But people keep forgetting that Brady Cook can Brady run. Brady Cook can run. I yes. know. I
3: know. I mean, if you're looking for a bright spot with Missouri, it's like you probably can't get worse than Vanderbilt when Mike, Mike Wright, Wright, tore, Wright went tore them apart twice up the middle for seventy
2: Just... plus yards twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then stare down the camera when the Vandy backup quarterback is staring you down <laughs> in, in a TV camera. Something has gone drastically wrong, and it did.
1: This is a game where, this will be a game where there's a, a starting quarterback playing for the wow. opponent, right?
3: Wow. It's been so long since Missouri didn't have to, at least, like, in the back of its mind, think about two quarterbacks.
1: Yeah.
2: And there was even a little bit of discussion about yeah. Emory Jones losing his starting job as well.
1: He also has 10 interceptions. Mm. Emory Jones does.
2: He also threw for about 700 miles against Sanford last, uh, last week.
1: Okay, yeah, can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> Seventy yeah, yeah, absolutely. 70-52 to 52, Florida versus Samford. I wonder how much the tone would have shifted if Samford had beat... Like, the tone around this game would have shifted if S- Samford had beat Florida. Well,
2: Dan Mullen wouldn't be here.
1: Wow. Wouldn't be
2: coming to town. Yeah. For starters. That was, I watched the first half of that until we had to go to the Missouri game, and it was one of the funnier things I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Florida looked like they couldn't stop anyone. You could put anyone on the field and they wouldn't have been able to stop them in the first half. It was hilarious.
1: I think it's interesting too, and we I mean, we keep on coming back to last year's brawl and last year's game, and that probably won't impact this year at all, but oh. last year, Florida was coming into Missouri off of a loss to Texas A&M, and it was Dan Mullen's first loss to Jimbo Fisher. This year, they're coming in off a win. Both teams are coming in off a win, mm-hmm. which I think makes it like a calmer game okay because like you like you you said like oh like florida's coming in a little chippy but really do the players care dan mullen might be chippy but do the I, players I, I want think, dan mullen out at this point like... well I, I think
3: even florida's coming off a win but i don't know how happy you are if you if you're florida you know you just especially if you're on defense you just got 50 pieced by an <laughs> fcs team that's like true. that's
2: and not a great one no no not a great fcs team
1: I feel like this is just like a wild card game.
2: Anything could happen. No matter what happens, I refuse to be surprised.
1: Yeah, I think we should do score predictions for this, and then since we're not doing a pod next week, do score predictions for Battleline a week early, oh, so man. we have them. Oh my goodness, I haven't can even you thought think about it? Just like
3: I'm sure, we're just we're just we're going with vibes here. But let's
1: go Florida first. Okay. What are everyone's score predictions?
2: I was trying to think what the most anarchy score possible could be. <laughs> Because I think that's what's... Like I say, I refuse to be surprised this weekend. And when this happens, I will not be surprised. Because I called it Missouri 19, Florida 11. It's such a disgusting score. Will you explain
1: to the the listeners what would have to happen?
2: No. Okay. No. So we're going with a Florida field goal and a touchdown two-point conversion. And then Missouri, two touchdowns with regular old conversions, a field goal, and a safety. You like that? You like I that, that like college it, football? I feel who,
1: like it's gets, honestly... It's gets the safety?
2: Ooh.
3: I, I, I'm leaning towards Martez on a safety. Belt. Oh, he would celebrate mm. so much.
2: <laughs> he would celebrate so much. His arms would be... They would never have been more crossed. A second ever. down
1: safety. That'd be fun. That would be... I feel like it's probable up until the safety. Yes. Like if Florida was trying to get a t- a touchdown late, mm-hmm. then yeah, they would go for a two yeah. point conversion because they want to get as many right. points as possible, and that would
2: get them to eleven, mm-hmm. which would get them within one score of Missouri's nineteen.
1: Yeah. This
2: is this is happening. <laughs> all right, and uh, I'm gonna go Blaze Aldridge on the safety okay. mm. because why they why not?
1: I'm gonna go with Keogh Byers. Wow, um, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Wilson score prediction:
3: Missouri thirty-seven, Florida thirty. I don't feel great about that prediction. <laughs> I, I said at the beginning of this year, and that gauntlet Missouri has uh, had of AM, Georgia, Florida, Arkansas. I said Missouri was gonna win one of those games. Florida feels like the most likely. I'm taking yeah. Missouri. Something doesn't feel right about this entire game. This game feels weird.
1: Um I'm oscillating between like low scoring, high scoring I think it's gonna be close. It's just a matter of how many points each team scores. We haven't really seen any low scoring games for Missouri this season. Most of them have been or low score low scoring close games. Mm. We've seen some low score we've seen some games where Missouri doesn't really score at all. I'm gonna go 49-42, Missouri.
2: Oh, we've all gone with Missouri We beat, beat the Gators.
1: Hammond, Logan what you thinking?
0: So, I was thinking my score prediction was high and then Emily actually had a higher one than me. So, I'm feeling a bit better about where I'm at. I think you mentioned both these defenses are just bad and after Florida's game against Samford last week, I think they're de- you're going to see some positive aggression from their de- from their defense, but not much. I'm taking Missouri in this one, 45 to 38.
2: I got to agree with that whole Florida defensive thing. I actually trust the Missouri defense right now more than I trust that Florida defense with everything going on down there. So I'm going to go Missouri 31, Florida 24. Wow, sweep.
1: Florida sweep. No, Missouri sweep.
2: Uh, swept, I should have.
1: Yeah. yeah, I was going to say I was, like, I was like, incorrect. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I talk so good. with very little preview, battle line rivalry predictions, anyone?
3: Arkansas 28, Missouri
2: 17. Arkansas 42 Missouri
0: 21
1: I'm going to go Arkansas 35 Missouri 21
0: I'm going to go with Arkansas 31 Missouri 17
2: Let's go ahead and do Arkansas 42 Missouri 30
1: So we got an Arkansas sweep in the in yeah. the battle line rivalry and a Missouri sweep in Missouri versus Florida um, so, yeah, we will not be doing a Tiger Kickoff podcast next week. Producers will be out of town. Wilson will be out of town. Callum and I and our photographer, Olivia Anderson, will be going down to...
2: The Razorback State.
1: Fayetteville. It's going to be uh, Callum's 52nd birthday. Wow. When we're down there, wow. so... Oh, wow. If you'd like well, to buy him a beer... Yep. You can do so. I don't know. Tweet at one of us, and we'll let you buy him a beer for his birthday. Well, uh, what
3: a deal for that lucky reader. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I will um, drink it. Yeah, Uh, yeah, you know, and I'll probably say thank you. I'm, you know, polite.
1: We do have our final Tiger kickoff. Well, there might be one if Missouri gets a bowl game, but we're going to pretend that's not the case right now and say that this week is our final print edition of Tiger kickoff. I think we are all in shock that we made it to this I am
2: amazed. (laughs) I finished the final feature last night and the wave of relief that hit me.
1: Do you want to give a little preview about what that features about or who it's about at least? Yeah,
2: absolutely. It's Chris Abram's dream, you know, that guy that changed to the defense. <laughs> um, yeah. He's you may have noticed kind of a quiet guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Not a lot of noise in the post-game press conferences, but apparently that all changes when he gets onto the field. So I spoke to a few of his old high school coaches. They, they were great. They told me some stories about Chris, really enjoyable ones. I enjoyed learning, getting to know him uh, about his time down in Spanish for Alabama. So, yeah, you should, you should read that.
1: And if you didn't pick up, based off the number of times I brought up the Florida brawl in this podcast, I am writing about the Florida brawl. I did, like, a look back, um, talked to some of the Florida reporters who were there. Shout out um, Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times and Chris Ortega, who is formerly of... Florida student paper, The Alligator. But yeah, it was really fun to hear it back from people who were there and were like actually watching. Um, And I mean, that game had everything. It was weird for Florida leading into it because they had a bunch of COVID stuff going on. And then there was the brawl. And then there was Dan Mullen's press conference. And then Florida went and beat Georgia the next week. So it was just, it was a wild time. And it was really fun kind of recounting that. So Pick up a copy tomorrow. I can't wait for that. Today, quite. I guess. You'll cap. be listening to it and the copy will be out. Factor cap. Factor
2: cap. Oh, let's go. <laughs> we are entering
3: the home stretch.
1: I know. I'm learning. Factor
3: cap. If I've I li- lose
1: this week, I'm probably out.
3: Yeah, Cat Callum holds a one game lead. Mm-hmm. Emily's got her back against the wall. Are you are you two ready?
2: hmm uh, yeah. Yeah. Look, it's for the title.
1: <laughs> not not really, because we're gonna do at least one more game, but
2: well, if I go two games up... That's true. That's, that feels pretty well, unassailable. If, fu- if we're
1: going to do, like, a ten-question final one, then I could come back.
2: Okay, yeah. Well, this is to build a really, really good lead. Okay. Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, better known as the
3: Swamp, got its name because of its proximity to a swamp, where it was built in
1: 1938. Swamps aren't typically good for infrastructure. Uh,
2: <laughs> that seems like a kind of Florida thing to do. I'm going yeah, to say fact.
1: I'm going to say... Cap.
2: It
3: is Cap.
1: <laughs> oh. nicknamed yeah. the swamp
3: was not coined until much later.
1: Oh, but mm. it is because there's a swamp nearby. No.
3: No. Oh, okay.
2: Oh.
1: Yeah, because it you can't build near a swamp. You can't build a college football stadium near a swamp. Yeah, I don't know. They
2: do weird
3: things. It's just in a g- It's
1: like a general. There are a lot of swamps in Florida.
3: Number two. Every year, the University of Florida holds a dance marathon. <laughs> Where more than eight hundred students stay up for twenty six point two hours to raise money for a local children's hospital. That's fact.
1: That is fact. That's the thing most schools do. What? Yeah, dance marathon happens here. It, it's like a yeah, it's like a it's thing fantasy, across the country. Yeah,
2: it's, it's a thing.
1: How have you okay. not heard of that? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Point both of us. <laughs> so,
3: uh, in his playing days, Dan Mullen was a tight end for Ursinus College in Collegeville,
2: Pennsylvania. Collegeville. <laughs> I'm going cap.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going cap too.
2: This feels but... like a Wilson old switcheroo right here, where he did play tight end, but it wasn't for the college.
3: It it it, it is fact. It's all true. Oh, oh no! Wow. I I saw Collegeville, Pennsylvania, <laughs> and I thought that is the fakest sounding yep. city name ever. Yep. I have to use that. Also,
1: what was the college Ursinist?
2: Arsonist.
3: Ursonus. Ursinus. Ursinus. U R S I N U
0: S. Um, I'm going to interject here real quick. It's funny that you said it sounded like the fakest town name ever because me and Cameron are playing along here in the studio, and when you asked the question, I said cap because there's no way that Collegeville, Pennsylvania is Exactly. Ever- <laughs> 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 yes.
3: That is exactly what I was going for. Uh, number four. Florida's iconic blue and orange color scheme was the idea of Coach George E. Pyle in 1912, who wanted his team to wear something that would make him stand out.
2: Cap. Cap, that is Cap. I feel oh. it is 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 it got something to do with orange being something to do with Florida? I, uh, think, and no?
3: I, I made it all up.
2: Oh, oh well, okay.
3: <laughs> um, well, what's the score as we go into number five? Three Anyways. to two. Yeah. Three to two. All right. Uh, number five. Florida's first ever coach was a man named Pee Wee Forsyth.
1: <clears throat> Fact.
2: That's a great name, um, Pee Wee Forsyth. You coach them Gators. Not, well, I mean, I have to, I have to, to save this. I have, I have to go cap. Uh, it's fact. Oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a tough one to say. a little
3: bonus fun fact about Pee Wee Forsyth, this is for you, Callum. Oh. He was born in Brevard, North Carolina. No way.
1: Oh, yeah. oh. That's
2: fun. Interesting.
1: It's like a consolation prize since uh, I took the round.
2: For those that don't know, that is, uh, my alma mater, that's where I went to college. Uh played golf. played golf. I did yeah, played <laughs> golf there for four years. So yeah. nice. Go peewee. is that his real name. I mean
3: that's not his real name. Okay. That's, a, like a like, that's what people call him. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah.
1: Forsyth. A great name as well. Wee yeah. Forsythe. Well, anyway. We only have a couple episodes of this pod left. Potentially only one. Wow. It's crazy. I don't want to think about it, actually. I'll, I'll get sad. I don't want to think about it right now. I, I want this semester to be over. I want the football season to be over. But it also makes me sad that it's going to be over. I think I haven't told either of you this yet. Nope. I think, though, that Christina Long, who now covers Arkansas for a paper in Arkansas, <laughs> I can't think the name of right now, um, her and I are going to do, like, a Twitter space, I think, next week in lieu of the podcast okay. to preview okay. Arkansas. I think we're going to do it on in the car on the way to our Harry Styles concert that we're doing on Wednesday. So, hop on that if you like to listen to the pod, because we will not have a pod next week.
2: Yeah. Nice.
1: Anyway, this has been
3: episode pod. 10.
2: Fun. Yeah,
1: it has been fun. It has been fun. This has been episode ten of the Tiger Kickoff Podcast, where your Columbia Missourian MU football beat writers. I'm Emily Liker.
2: I'm Cal McAndrew.
1: And I'm Wilson Moore. And we will talk to you in a couple weeks. One, two,
0: one, two, three, Thank you for listening to the Tiger Kickoff Podcast. This podcast is produced by Cameron Connor and Logan Franz. Music for this podcast comes from Alligator Indian. Catch us next week at com or wherever you get your podcasts.